On today's show, it's a pop culture extravaganza. Josh Peterson and I are talking the Nintendo Switch, Red Dead Redemption 2, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and is the future for the Wolverine truly set in stone? All this and a whole lot more as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Again, this is Pop Culture Cosmos. How are you doing out there? This is Gerald along with my good friend Josh Peterson. How are you again, my friend? Good, good. Good to be back. I want to make sure everybody knows out there, we are on the Podcast Radio Network Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Want to thank the thousands of listeners who have listened to us already and appreciate you coming back to listen to us. It's always good to to know that you're you're welcomed with the fans and whatnot. I just it's just truly overwhelming when you first got the ratings and realized that we were in the top fifteen of the podcast radio network. We're we're truly humbled by that and we hope to continue that type of uh, format that you'd like to listen to indeed. Also want to thank the Tangent Bound Network for allowing us to be on their network. You can also catch us on Stitcher. You can also catch us on Google Play and podcast.com. You can check out our home site, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, which has a whole bunch of articles that both Josh, Michelle, Levis, our, our editor-in-chief, who also hosts the Wine, Women, and Words with Diana Tierney. They do a great job there. there there's a ton of articles there. All of our feeds are there, so you get a chance to check that out if you if you can't find it anywhere else. But as I said, Stitcher, it's got our feed there too. Uh, Tangent Bound Network, Podcast Radio Network. There's also Google Play. We've got a channel there too, a Pop Culture Cosmos, Podcast.com, Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you like iTunes, subscribe to us there. You'll get the latest episodes brought right to you. The Nintendo Switch got debuted with a trailer. Nintendo decided to debut its, well, it was codenamed NX for quite a while, but it is now officially called the Nintendo Switch. It's coming out sometime in March 2017. It is, as what many had reported and what was heavily rumored, it is a hybrid unit. Um, it is something that is, you know, you can actually, as if you've not seen the trailer yet, and shame on you if you haven't, because it is really, really something that that uh, a lot of people are impressed with, being able to, from a home docking station, the controllers themselves from the left and the right attach to either to make a controller-based system, or you can actually take the, the actual... Um, base unit, there's actually a tablet right on it that you connect the controllers to and you can take it with you on the go. And they were uh, demonstrating it, you know, on a plane, out at uh, a park area, um, and also with uh, a home-based console environment. So I ask you, Josh, you've taken a look at the footage. Uh, What are your first impressions of the Nintendo Switch? I think it looks really cool. I like I like the way the graphics look with Zelda, especially Zelda looks great. But to me, I'm always weary about Nintendo because I I thought that the Wii looked really cool at first too, but they just, uh, you know, eventually that wasn't what it was cracked up to be. And I ended up going back to the Xbox, but I'm, I'm excited to see what, what Nintendo has to offer with this new console. Um, 
the the controllers are impressive. They're big when they're put together, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm hoping this will turn things around for Nintendo. They obviously put a lot of thought into it. Well, there's a great deal of interest right now because of it. A lot of fans are are enamored with it. Um, I'm not going to shy away from it. I have been known to to be harsh on the company because of their decision making in the past. But in this occasion, I, I actually kind of like what they have to offer with this. Uh, they offered some third-party offerings that they showed with it, like Skyrim uh, and NBA 2K17, which was you know promising. I like the fact that it's going to be something that's different, something that the Vita could have really, and in essence, kind of is, and it kind of isn't because it doesn't do HDMI, and you know you, you just see it where. Vita could have gone right with the PS4 when, when uh, you know, you see the actual Switch commercial. You, that's what you think. At least that's what I thought at first is, man, the Vita ha- could have had this done down pat years ago and, and uh, nobody would have cared about the Switch. But the Switch actually looks like it's something that, that's very cool. Don't know if it's touch-based. Hopefully it will be because of the tablet nature. Highly recommend that it should be. But then again, you know, that's up to Nintendo. But Zelda did look good. The new Super Mario World that was shown, which, you know, is an unannounced game, but there was some, you know, Super Mario World type uh, game footage that was there. That looked really cool as well. A Super Mario Kart type game was shown as well. That was looked really good as well. And it all looked really cool. All looked, you know, as far as the Nintendo-based environment, but... You know, there are some questions in regards to, like I said, as far as is it going to be a touch screen? I know battery life has been talked about by everybody. If that's going to, you know, uh, like drinking through soda through a straw or something, it's just going to go that fast. And then the power, because of the flexibility of the Switch and what, it, what it's going to offer as far as both uh, connected home-based entertainment type uh, format and then also as well a portable uh, unit that you can easily uh, transfer it into, there's going to be have to some be some most likely some giveaway in as far as graphics power and whatnot most likely, uh, but how good will let's say you know the, the remaster Skyrim look or how how good will third party or free, even first party offerings look on it? Will people feel like they're shortchanged when when they see it? But I think for overall, I think the unit uh, you know had an impressive start, impressive debut. It, get, it gets people talking and it, that's the most important thing you know we'll see it looked like there's a lot of attachments that will be available for it uh, there definitely looks like there will be a lot of available for it but i'm also concerned as far as the actual base price so but if they keep it under 300 that lease will give them a, a head start your thoughts on that well nintendo's always been the more the cheaper option of the consoles. And they they were actually really smart. Like, I think like kind of taking a look at these next gen consoles and seeing like what fans want from them. And then at the same time, being able to correct like their mistakes they made with the Wii U is kind of, is a, is a good idea. They were very strategic in what they were doing with this console. But uh, like, as for, uh, I don't know, you, you mentioned the, Elder Scrolls game, like that's really cool. Like this is the first time we'll be seeing an Elder Scrolls on a Nintendo console. But at the same time, like what next week, their the remastered versions are coming out for Xbox and PlayStation. 
So it's kind of like, you know, that's cool, but if, if you're already getting the remastered versions, I doubt, because the game takes so long, I doubt very many people are going to want to play it three times, but um, as for, like, Legend of Zelda, the new Mario, uh, there's, you know, they got an unannounced Sonic game coming out, which I imagine will be pretty cool. But it, it's, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I can't imagine them selling it for more than $300, but it's, you know, but they, they, there's very, there's still so much that's very, like, vague about this console. So, you know, we'll have to see what they say about it in the future, but it looks cool. I mean, like I said, I do have some concerns regarding, you know, the capabilities of the actual unit itself. Um, is it going to have something similar as far as to other home-based consoles? It's going to have that type of performance. If it does have anything in the ballpark, then I think you're off and running with something that, that could be really special for Nintendo. If it's not, then people are going to nitpick at it and, and point out mistakes and flaws and point out uh, comparisons all day long because uh, right now with this PS4 and the PS4 Pro and and then the Scorpio that's going to come out next year, you know, that that's going to take uh, home console gaming to a whole new level. Right, right. So it, that, you know, like I said, it's I'm I'm curious to see what the future is going to be like because there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. So it's hard to say like what's going to be better than what, how much it's going to cost. But it's definitely piqued my interest, and I'm sure it's piqued the interest of a lot of people who have been paying attention to it. Indeed, it did, and uh, I know a lot of people, especially Nintendo fans everywhere, are looking forward to it. And like I said, it has garnered my interest, and I'm I'm hoping for even more information. And as that becomes available, check us out on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and also our sister site, Game Source on Facebook, where we will provide you news and information and updates as they become available on the Nintendo Switch. We are just, you know, looking forward to it right now. It's a wait and see. It's coming out in March 2017. We're looking definitely forward to it uh, as something that could shake up the home console market. So... It was an interesting day that day at uh, when the Switch got released as far as the trailer is concerned because another big, big expected trailer came out uh, not too long after it. Red Dead Redemption 2, which uh, has had a lot of people talking as far as what could possibly be when it comes out. Next, well, it's supposed to be scheduled out next year, fall 2017, as far as a big title for Rockstar. What are your expectations for Red Dead Redemption 2? I know I played quite a bit of it when Red Dead Redemption came out. I found it a truly enjoyable experience. A lot of fetch quests, mind you, that were that that extended the game. But then again, you know, there's so many games that are at fault for doing that. But otherwise, the atmosphere, uh, the look was just truly amazing. And the actual story was very compelling indeed. What are your thoughts about a sequel to it in Red Dead Redemption 2? I just hope that it doesn't pick up exactly where the le- the last uh, expansion pack came up with the uh, main character turning into a zombie. <laughs> um, I, I I love the game, honestly. Like people like open world games, and it's that Red Dead Redemption was truly like an open world game that we have never seen before. Because you know you have you have a uh, Grand Theft Auto, you got cracked. Now you can just run around these cities doing stuff, but like it puts you out in the wild west. And that was something that like, you know, gun kind of did it with the, on the original Xbox. But like, this was really something that people had not seen before. Like it was, and the, the whole idea that you can run around and form a posse with your friends 
Like that is that is fantastic. That is like the that was I played that for hours and hours and I loved it. Uh, it's I was I was excited, but it, it's funny how these companies try to put like Rockstar was kept on saying, "Oh yeah, we're not working on uh, another Red Dead game at the moment." And then, but everyone kind of knew it was inevitable that it was going to happen because so many fans wanted it. Um, the trailer didn't really give much away. More the just from what I saw though, like the. It, the scenery all looks fantastic, and I I hope that they show us more in the coming days. Well, with with the Rockstar, they don't really have that many properties that can create that kind of build that you can create that kind of universe, and most importantly, take that GTA model as far as a a huge storyline, a huge open world, and then come you know add on to it as far as their you know, because in recent years, especially with GTA Five, their online experience has become really a, a strong point for them, even more for, than a story standpoint. It's it's totally gone in reverse from what earlier editions are. I saw some signs at GTA Four uh, when I was playing, as far as the online, I thought was pretty good then. But GTA Five has taken the online status to a whole new level, and Red Dead Redemption is the probably the only other marquee franchise that they truly have that can that can garner because max Payne, max Payne three didn't do it um you know bully there's there's uh you know obviously they're they're the ping pong and whatnot midnight club they just don't garner the same type of cachet that that gta does red dead redemption is that it's closest to it and fan interest and i think we've seen that over the past week with the announcement and people getting exciting over over it I I'm hopeful that they will just go ahead and 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 be able to create another universe similar to that. But I I, I think they're going to take a lot of lessons that they took from GTA Five Online to make it a truly truly expansive universe online. You know, it's going to cost ultimately in our wallet in our pocketbooks. But you know, people have been playing GTA Five Online now for years that uh, have just expounded the virtues of it because there's just so much to do and. And Rockstar makes just such a concerted effort to to provide that universe with an even more outstanding base to work off of. Am I correct in that saying that? Because I I think that you know it looks good for Red Dead Redemption too because they all they're going to take all that experience and apply it onto Red Dead Redemption too. Right, and it's that that formula worked for them. That's what people liked, and they'd be stupid not to take that as like a foundation and build on it. Um, you know, people, people like, yeah, I mean, for, for me, like everyone talks about Grand Theft Auto, people like it so much because you can, you know, it's basically just like senseless, senseless violence. But to me, it's more the idea of being able to run around with your friends, being able to play things like people like that kind of game. And that's just, I think that's going to be the future for Rockstar because that's their, that's the kind of game they're really good at making. So with Red Dead Redemption, they're basically just taking. I'm, what I'm hoping is they're taking all those qualities from you know the Red Dead and uh, Grand Theft Auto and making something that we have that that's familiar to us, but also something that we haven't seen before. I agree with you because they will take it to the next level. I'm pretty sure that they will because it it just they have that track record with the Grand Theft Auto, and even though like I said, Max Payne three didn't work out quite what they wanted to with with uh gta uh they model you can see the similarities in the way they modeled the last red dead redemption to the grand theft auto series 
and you can see the quality that was put into that particular title. So going forward, Red Dead Redemption 2 looks like it's something that that's really going to be a strong outing for them because it's going to be a while and it's going to be way ways off for GTA 6 to come along because people are still loving the heck out of uh, GTA 5. It, you know, if I was Rockstar, I would not even come up close to releasing a GTA 6 anytime soon because GTA 5, you know, several years later is still in the top 10 in the MPD rankings as far as sales concerned to this day. And, you know, that in and of itself is amazing. You know, they have, there's very few titles, you know, Minecraft and, and maybe a couple others that could just say that they've got years worth of sales on the same game. And when you total 50 million sales for just one title, it, you know, I don't see a GTA six coming anytime soon. So that being the case, you know, red dead redemption is going to, you know, wet that whistle for people looking for something new even more. And that's going to be by all intentions, you know, with, with, with rockstar, that's going to be their, their game. That's going to take over for them for at least the next two to three years after that. Yeah, exactly. And case, I mean, case in point with what you were mentioning was, is, uh, Call of Duty, okay? So how many people... Call of Duty has a new entry each year, but there are still so many players playing Modern Warfare 2. So, I mean, they pick up the new Call of Duty, but they start to play it, and they're like, eh, I like what's familiar to me. So, I mean, why go out and make another Grand Theft Auto if the one that's out right now is already, like, still has a whole bunch of players on it? And some of the mods are actually, like, just because of its modability, like that's that's why people people love it. Like I don't know if you saw like the new mods with the Samsung phones. Yes, I uh, I, I shared an article on our Game Source Facebook page <laughs> on that. That was uh, once I got a chance to read that. That was quite amusing. Yeah, just the freedom you have to create things. I mean, it's you know, right now if it's not if it's not broke, don't fix it. So with Grand Theft Auto, I I, I don't see any reason to create something new until people start asking for it. Exactly, and they now have a one-two punch with um, uh, two titles in Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto series that they can just roll, you know, every three to four years continuously. It would be nice if they had a third that they could actually, you know, consider a foundation. But even if they don't, really, they still have two titles now that garner a lot of interest and should be. When it comes out, Red Dead Redemption Two, I, I think, will be just a ser- you know another outstanding game uh, in the, that series for Rockstar, and just just the I'm just ready I'm just ready to get involved in that world, ready to get back into it, even if it's just watching cattle overnight uh, like I did on the previous previous iteration. Uh, doesn't matter; it was still a lot of fun to play, uh, and I'm looking forward to Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, your thoughts? on the possibility that it might be delayed because, you know, they, they've been known to, you know, make sure they take their time. Obviously with the, with a quality product, who knows how that long they've been working on this product, but is, uh, I don't see foresee any problems with it, but there's always that, that bet that, you know, the game might be delayed. Your thoughts on, on a possible delay for that game. Could, should they, should they have maybe waited until they were closer to a for sure release date? Uh, well, with any good game, there's always going to be delays. I mean, gamers have just gotten used to game. Gamers are unique in the fact that they are used to disappointment. So it's it's really just it. 
Yeah. <laughs> the, the, if they need to take, if they need to delay the game to make it better, then by all means, delay the game. But I mean, still like, give us, give us like glimpses of it. Still, let us know that it's still happening. Don't like pull a Last Guardian on us and keep us like wanting, wondering like what what's going on with this. Uh, the de- delays are fine as long as it's for like the in the best interest of the game and the gamers. But uh, you know, just don't don't take too long because this this looks good. I've had kids that have been born and now hit past double digits, uh, you know, almost in the same time span as the last guardian. So I, I hear you. It's, it's, you know, just, I think rockstar does everything calculated. I think they, they have everything that's well thought out and, uh, you know, barring any unforeseen circumstances, uh, I see fall 2017 as uh, a time that, all eyes will be on Red Dead Redemption 2. And I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm glad Mass Effect is coming earlier in the year. I I'm, I'm, I'm know that there's going to be some other titles that, that are going to come down the pike on 2017. But as you and I both know, as it gets closer, all eyes will just be on Red Dead Redemption 2 because it will probably be the marquee, marquee game of of the fall season uh, already. You can just, you know, count it. You know, Call of Duty, all the others. Uh, sorry, but it, this is definitely going to be something that, that people are going to look forward to, indeed. Well, when we come back, Josh and I are going to be talking some movies. And there's a couple movies that got uh, hinted at with a couple little trailers that we are very interested in talking about coming up right after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's time for more sarcasm, more gloating, more pop culture BS, and ridiculous video game chat as GamerCast returns for Season 2. My name is Rob McCallum, and this year, once again, I'm joined by Mr. Glenn Stanway and my lifelong friend, Jay Bartlett. This year, the show moves to a slightly different format, favoring a more unedited adventure that lets us include more topics as we get together once a month to vent and celebrate everything going on in the gaming industry today and yesteryear. So if you like the idea of arguing with us, though we'll never be able to hear you, then you definitely want to check out GamerCast. Season 2 is really going to take it up a notch. That's GamerCast here on the PCC, the Pop Culture Cosmos, on iTunes, and on Podbean. And we're back. Thank you again for listening to us. Truly appreciate it. Uh, You've heard so much about how you can actually listen to Pop Culture Cosmos, all the different, different ways you can hear it. Um, we truly appreciate all the support that we get from the community out there for you listening to us, you sharing, uh, you know, on Twitter at Pop Culture Cosmo, at Game Source, at Mario Party Wars, our good friends there, our you know one of our big sponsors, obviously where we do a lot of shows from Retro City Games. My hats off to Douglas and Nicole every time. We so appreciate all their help. Rob McCallum Films. You check out robmccallumfilms.com. He's got a lot of great projects going on. Wine, Women, and Words. Uh, it's one of the other podcasts on our Pop Culture Cosmos experience on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Wine, Women, and Words, Diana and Michelle do a great job you know, talking about the literary world. Uh, follow that on YouTube or check it out right on our homepage at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. So now we are talking movies, 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 movies. And uh, you and I got a first glimpse this, uh, this week of a couple of new movies that people are very, very excited about for different reasons, per se. 
the first up is a little sneak peek of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. It almost went under the radar because of all the announcements that came the next day uh, in regards to the Switch, in regards to Red Dead Redemption 2, and Logan even. But uh, a little sneak peek video. Your thoughts on, on what you saw in that little brief sneak peek of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and, and what are your hopes for as far as maybe getting them more involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I think that I think with the last movie they did a really good job of getting them involved with uh, like tying them to Thor and but I, I've uh, obviously they're going to have something to do with Infinity War because they the, all these characters are, are tied so closely to Thanos but you know because you even got like his his daughters you have Gamora and um, her sister they're you know they're an intricate part of that Thanos storyline so I can guarantee you they're going to pop up in infinity war somewhere and maybe maybe even before that though maybe they'll pop up in the next thor movie um i think the potential for connecting with the rest of the marvel universe is there, there's a lot there's a lot to work with so i don't think we have to worry about them not having much screen time as as far as like having all these heroes on screen goes for the next avengers film what i saw in the trailer was uh it, it looks like i don't say this about a lot of movies but it looks like a lot of fun like they don't have if you looked at all the stuff that they showed, I know it's just a teaser, but it doesn't look like there are any slow moments in the film. And that was what I liked about the the first one. While they gave you a lot of backstory about these characters, they, there wasn't any like really slow moments. Like the, um, I don't, they did that a lot with like some, some of the older Marvel films, like the Hulk, especially there's, it's just a lot both of really Hulk just, films. I think both Hulk from that. films. Yes, and it's it's just people want, like, you know, I know we've talked about this before, like with Ant-Man, we're saying people have a higher standard when it comes to superhero movies. But, I mean, with a film like Guardian of the Galaxy, uh, it's just you need to have that fast-paced action in it. Well, you, you, I don't know if you've got a chance to read out the uh, the extended article on the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I wrote on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, but it... You know, that was one of the, the things I noted uh, and why Guardians of the Galaxy is so high on my 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 list on, on from best to best to worst was because it, it there was really first of all, the, the casual fan did not have any clue on the Guardians of the Galaxy. It is a smaller like you've you've said before, it's even a smaller section of the Marvel Marvel Comics, uh, you know, regime um, and people were you know who are these guys what's this all about but then they watch it and it's it just it was a lot of fun very enjoyable movie just really explained it uh, the characters very well uh put everything in, in great detail but still kept managed to do a nice flow and the only slow point was just a romantic scene where it was trying to create a bond between the two main characters which served them you know and the, also the movie as well so I agree with you wholeheartedly on as far as the way Guardians of the Galaxy was made. I mean, that, that movie could have really just put a, a roadblock into the Marvel Cinematic Universe if it wasn't done correctly. But, you know, it was James Gunn, you know, kudos to him on, on just creating a, a outstanding movie and, and something that obviously has garnered a sequel because, you know, it, the audience and, and the critical reception both – have have you know warranted such a sequel? So now we're even cited even more. And um, I was kind of you know amused by Dave Bautista you know playing Drax again and his uh, continual line of 
of misinterpreting words of the English language and how it creates uh, such an amusing line for for how he interacts with Chris Pratt's character. Since I'm I'm a professional wrestling fan, you know I know his background uh, extensively as far as. I know what he could do and could not do, at least I thought, but then I watched Guardians of the Galaxy and I thought this was something that, that was totally new for him as far as, you know, from a comedic realm. And I just thought it was, you know, so, so well done for him. And, and as a whole, how James Gunn was able to bring that not only out of him, but out of each of the other characters and put them in a, a great position. So I'm looking very much forward to, to volume two. I really think they'll be able to add on, to it um, now, the expectations will be higher. So that's something that you know, Josh, you may want to take also into in, in you know thought process as well. Because before nobody, you know, casual fans didn't know about the the Guardians of the Galaxy, and now you've got Volume Two coming out, and now everybody is expecting something even more. Correct? Right, and that was that was the. That was the great thing about the first one is that like nobody really knew what it was, but you could still go and watch it and be entertained by it. Like it, it, it was tied to the rest of the Marvel universe, but it could also be a standalone film. Like if they didn't want to tie it into everything else, they wouldn't have had to. It would, and it still would have been an enjoyable film. But now that the first one was so good and the bar has been set, people are going to be expecting more from it. They're going to be expecting more laughs, more explosions, more jokes about the uh, rocket raccoon and i think james gunn is like it's the perfect man to deliver it like i honestly i don't think that any other director out there could have made a movie like guardians of the galaxy do you think it's going to set up the universe even more do you think it's going to be something that that maybe will i don't know just ex- maybe of all the movies coming up, maybe outside of Black Panther, because I think Black Panther is the one before Infinity Wars, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it may be the one of all of them, maybe Ragnarok too, but I don't know. I, I'm just guessing here that might set up the, the Infinity Wars the most. Am I not mistaken? Would, would I be you know out of my league saying something like that? No, no, because the these movies, like they are... Thanos is such a huge part of this franchise because the characters are tied to him. Like this, like I mentioned earlier, his daughters are in there and uh, Peter Quill, the infinity stones. It's all, it's all leading somewhere. It's all part of this greater story. And, you know, even inside the gardens of the galaxy is such like a vast world that as far as like the space heroes go, because they eventually go on to connect with uh, Nova, um, Silver Surfer, they run in, have run-ins with Galactus. Like, there's a lot to explore there. Um, so, I mean, it, the, really, Guardians of the Galaxy could be a launching point for, like, an entirely separate Marvel Cinematic Universe if they wanted it to be. I agree with you on that. Uh, maybe it will evolve after the Infinity Wars into something of that nature because, obviously, this is something that... I don't know if it was expected for Marvel by Marvel for them to achieve that kind of success with the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think maybe they had uh, originally thought that the movie would do right around what, uh, let's say, Ant-Man um, and the original Thor and Captain America's movies did, did. As you know, they were, what, between the three and the $500 million range worldwide. Um, so maybe that's what they were expecting. But now Guardians of the Galaxy, like you said, not only stands on its own, but also stands with uh, the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it's something that they can now use as a benchmark for, for being a, 
a a tentpole major release uh, similar to what Captain America Civil War did as far as up in the ante on on and being something outside the Avengers that can garner uh, a billion dollars for them. Uh, look where it's it's headed. Look where it's where it's going to be released. It's going to be released in uh, I believe it's going to be released in May. It's going to be that first magical week in May that that you know Marvel seems to get and seems to garner every year. That's a, usually a big money making weekend. So yeah, definitely uh, looking forward to that indeed. At, as as far as a movie is concerned, and definitely you know eager to see how it will de- set up the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward. Any last thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Uh, any uh, word that you're hearing from anybody regarding their uh, thoughts on it? No, I mean, all I'm hearing from people about Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is about Groot. <laughs> so that that seems, he seems to be the favorite character. Um, you know, not, not uh, that's a a I, You know, I like Groot too, but that's a shame because there's so many great, all, all of them are great characters that, that can be explored. You know, are are they not? Oh yeah, definitely. They all have super rich backstories. Uh, Rocket Raccoon, especially. So I mean, I'm hoping they dive a little bit more into his story. But yeah, Groot, Groot's funny, and you're you know Dave Bautista, like that is the perfect role for him. But uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. Like I I like all the characters equally, and I'm super excited to see this movie. And I just hope they show another trailer soon, so I can kind of see what we're getting into. Definitely. Well, that it was just a teaser that they showed us, so they they promised the word soon, and I'm assuming that it will come right around the time of a certain movie to come out in November called Doctor Strange, which uh, has already been shown to some critics, and obviously uh, there's some good word on it already. Uh, you know, you both you and I will be seeing it uh, in the near future, so we're definitely looking forward to that. Any last thoughts on Doctor Strange? I know we're going to have a deep discussion on Marvel, hopefully with Diana in the near future before, keeping my fingers crossed, before Doctor Strange comes out, we can get into that deep, detailed discussion. But when you're seeing it intertwined with uh, the Doctor Strange universe, how do you think that will be, and how do you think that will be uh, constructed? Doctor Strange is a necessary step. Like, if for where they're obviously heading, you have to have a Doctor Strange movie, because he even in the comic books, he ties so many of these like separate worlds that Marvel has. He's the anchor point for all of them. So you kind of need, cause they want to open up with like the magic and uh, you know, the magic realm and the, uh, all the, like the infinity stones themselves are, are magic. So it's like you, that you have Dr. Strange is a risk for them, but it's a necessary risk. It's just like Ant-Man, like, you know, granted they didn't actually need Ant-Man and he's just funny, but uh there's going to be a lot riding on the shoulders of this movie. And it's, I, I'm, my fear is that people are going to watch it and not really, not really know his backstory. Like I, he's, he's probably not really the best, the most well-known comic book character out there, but he's, he's interesting. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff to go over there. He's definitely, um, he's a heavy hitter in the Marvel universe, but he's kind of a, not so well-known because there's not a lot of like cartoons that he's featured in or, uh, you know, they, they mentioned him in Winter Soldier, but people people don't really, like, if you're not a comic book fan, you're not going to go out of your way to read Doctor Strange, especially if he doesn't really have any ties like Iron Man or uh, Captain America or any of the Avengers. So I'm, I'm excited. I want to see it because I love Doctor Strange, but I'm more curious about how it's going to be received. But that in 
and therein lies the same type of uh, paradox that that if you and I had discussed this what three years ago, we would have same th- said the same thing about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Would we have not? Because in fact, that's what we were just discussing is. You know, not as well known, maybe a little bit off to the side as far as, you know, where he stands in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not the casual audience, not very familiar with it. You know, how's this going to play out? I think that uh, they're going to do a pretty good job of, of, of trying to tell his story. Um, I look forward to it. I, may, some people may not get it as far as from the psych, you know, the, the whole mind-bending you know inception type standpoint as far as how that will fit at first but i think uh, marvel will eventually tell and be able to weave in a good story that will will allow dr strange to be a better part of the marvel cinematic universe right and the like a really smart thing they did was cast benedict cumberbatch because he is he is an enamoring actor. Like he's he's fantastic. You give him any role, he's just going to own it, and people love him. So, if it was anybody else in the role, like it, 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 w- it would have been a risk. But like with him, I think even if people don't really understand Doctor Strange, they'll like him in the in playing the part. So it's they did a, a lot of they did a lot of things to kind of cover their tracks with this movie, but it's still just. You know, so it's going to be a toss of the coin whether your non-comic book reading fans are going to enjoy it. Definitely, indeed. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to Doctor Strange when it comes out here in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm also, as I said, very interested to see the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Game Source is your number one source for everything video games. Each week we bring you the best of the video gaming world from sites all over the internet. Like us today on Facebook or follow us today at GameSource and you'll stay up with the latest in information and news, plus also about all the great things we're doing on our GameSource Facebook, Twitter, and GameSource YouTube pages. Stay up to date with the video gaming world right here at GameSource. But there's another Marvel character which also got a full teaser, and my goodness, for the international crowd, got a real full teaser, if you if you know what I mean. Of and that's the final Wolverine movie that will feature Hugh Jackman in the role, and that's going to be called Logan when it comes out. Uh, I believe it's also March next year, if I'm not mistaken. The R-rated film, which will be going the way of Deadpool. Now that Deadpool has paved the way for R-rated superhero films that can make a lot of money. The trailer came out for Logan earlier this week with Dr. Xavier involved as a much older Patrick Stewart, which, you know, he is much older, but, you know, showed him as far as being, being there, as far as a confidant to Logan once again, but also portrayed a much older Logan himself and a much older Wolverine. So I ask you, what how did this trailer hit you what were your thoughts and and really go into depth as far as your feelings for how it will be portrayed out with wolverine and then also the new character that was introduced within the movie itself the trailer i i i didn't have any idea that it was being released i didn't know it was out i just stumbled across it while listening to music on youtube and it 
it made me feel a lot of things. Like it made me feel like sad and then thrilled and then sad again and then excited. And it's, it's, I didn't know what to think of it because it's, you know, you see it and it's like, it takes place in this apocalyptic universe, but you know, Wolverine's powers are, are waning with age. And it really, I, I, I have a feeling it's going to answer a lot of questions. Like we wonder, you know, Wolverine, he can't, he's, he's really old and he, you know, he heals himself, but what happens? Like, does he live forever or does he just keep, uh, or does, will he eventually die? Will his powers eventually shut down? So that's, does it take it from the last Wolverine movie? It it starts off. It takes off from uh, the end of days of future past. So it's going to be the last movie on the original X-Men timeline. So it, it'll, you know, there's there's a lot that's unanswered right now. I don't know how close to the Old Man Logan comic books. I don't know if you ever read those. I don't know how close it'll be. They're interesting. If, I mean, if you guys ever get a chance to pick it up, it's definitely worth reading. Um, but it's, they didn't really answer a lot of questions. So what it is, is like, all the mutants are gone, but nobody really, like, they didn't, in the, in the trailers, they don't really answer, like, where, where they, where they went. And the, the the young girl is, uh, if if my assumptions are correct, she is X twenty three. So she is uh, the female Wolverine. So she has she's another weapon uh, weapon X production. I think that's who the people who are uh, chasing after her are responsible for creating her. Um, and I've it and it looks it looks really good. It looks really dark. It looks it looks like the Wolverine movie that we have always wanted. But with Days of Future Past, you know, a lot of people said they nailed the X-Men series, you know, right to a T there. So if it goes and bases itself from that end, I can see definitely uh, Logan being something, uh, you know, that's very special. Um, your thoughts on, on that as far as the uh, way they've, you know, 20th Century Fox has treated the, the X-Men universe as far as so many stops, starts, changes, you know, ignore this, do this instead. What are your thoughts as far as how they treated it as a whole and how, how like they're going to be able to blend it finally within a, a more cohesive storyline with Logan? Well, I think it's smart to finally bring the old timeline to a close with Logan, but at the same time, like they're like Wolverine is really like the character people love to see in, in the X-Men. So that's kind of, and let me ask you this. Do you really think that this is going to be Hugh Jackman's last outing as Wolverine? I have a feeling that they would be, if if the money was on the table, we have a James Bond situation here. So, like, Daniel Craig just came out and said, okay, well, maybe I will play James Bond again. If, if the $125 million for two films is correct. So, I agree with you on that. Okay. You don't know this, but I've been ask, waiting for a day to ask you this because, but what if... 20th Century Fox and Disney got together. I know they really just, you know, as far as handling all the Marvel properties, what if they actually talked and made kind of like a deal, maybe not his own film like they did with Sony and introduced the Wolverine rider in and around the Infinity Wars. Do you see that possibly being something that, that might somewhere be a possibility within that that universe i wouldn't put it past them to be completely honest after the first avengers came out i think for a solid three months i probably googled hugh jackman and avengers 2 and 
they, they talk about it like it's a possibility, but there's a lot of animosity between Marvel and 20th Century Fox just because, you know, Marvel got greedy and wanted to sell off their properties way back when. But, uh, you know, 20th Century Fox has kind of done what Sony has done to Spider-Man. They've been really just irresponsible with the property. And what gets me, too, is that Brian Singer, when they first wanted to make an X-Men movie, Brian Singer had never read an X-Men comic in his life. But, you know, it's it's gotten progressively better. But, like, I would I would absolutely love to see Wolverine in The Avengers. I would love to see him standing beside Tony Stark and Captain America. Like, that would be – in the comic books, he's like – he crosses over with them a whole lot. Like, his story is almost directly tied to – Captain America. So he's been a part be, of the Avengers, has he not? At oh yeah, he's, he's been in the Avengers, the Ultimates. Like he, the Weapon X program is is almost tied directly to the Super Soldier program that created uh, Captain America. So there, it would definitely like if he wanted to go into it, like they could make it just flow so smoothly into each other. That would be that would be every fanboy's like dream to see that come true. I mean, that's why I brought it up, because I just think if he were – it's a challenge for him. I, like I said, there you, you're going to have to throw a, a, a backload the uh, the Brinks truck for him, you know, such as, you know, being rumored for Daniel Craig. Or he's going to – you know, if he's going to do it, he's going to see another challenge. And I think it would be – have to be in Infinity Wars. I don't think he wants to be part of another X-Men movie I don't think he wants to even do another Wolverine movie unless, you know, unless they just really pay him some obscene figure or they could actually, you know, convince him that there's a benefit to being part of the Infinity War universe. I think that's something that would probably intrigue him uh, just as much as it would intrigue fans. Would your thoughts on that? No, I, I definitely think you're right. I think... I don't think that he so much wants to give up playing Wolverine because he's too old to play. He could probably play, you know, he's, he's obviously found whatever fountain of youth Russell Crowe is drinking out of. And he, he could, he could play Wolverine for a long time, but I think it's just, it's the same, like Fox, if you've noticed, Fox has a really unhealthy obsession with Magneto. And so I think that's why uh, Ian McKellen, both Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender are so tired of playing Magneto that they just, they don't want anything to do with it anymore. I think that's what's happening to Hugh Jackman. Because if if he said, hey, yeah, I want to do another 10 X-Men movies, I guarantee you he would be in every single one of the next 10 X-Men movies, but his character would not progress at all. It was just, he would just be like a stand-in. And that's always been Fox's problem with, the X-Men is that they don't like give these characters things to do. Like in X-Men apocalypse, they had so many cool heroes sitting there, but there are moments where they were literally just like, there's fights happening. And then you're sitting there, they go back to a scene of them just standing there. So you're wondering like, what are they doing while these people are fighting each other? Well, I also think that if it wasn't the infinity wars and if it wasn't, you know, being they back up the Brinks truck and bring him a whole lot of cash to, to be in more X-Men movies. I think maybe the ongoing little small, I guess, quote unquote feud he has with Deadpool could see it's where clear to being as part of Deadpool too, because, you know, he did make a kind of like appearance in, in the, in the uh, Deadpool movie, 
So it would be kind of cool to see if, if that actually partakes itself. Uh, you know, if he does have a good relationship with, with Ryan Reynolds, maybe they would do something for, for a short cameo for laps there. But I, I think it's going to take a lot to, to bring him back to the Wolverine series in its current form. But it's something that he, he might do for a, for a challenge such as the Infinity Wars. So uh, definitely looking forward to to Logan when it comes out. And, and you know, the possibilities. He's going to tell you, you know, like like we were, we were talking about with Rockstar. Oh, no, 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 no. But if for the right project or for the right dollar amount, it, we could still see it happen nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, just right now we were talking, I Googled uh... – Wolverine and Infinity Wars, and there's a lot of internet articles that are predicting it's a possibility. So that just that that's awesome. I mean, Mar- Marvel obviously Marvel has Disney bankrolling everything, so they all uh, it's it's not a matter of money. So it's really just a matter of mending that bridge that Marvel has with Fox that has been destroyed over the years. Um, I think with the right amount of, I mean, even if it was, weren't for the right amount of money, like Hugh Jackman has always expressed interest in crossing over into that universe. So I, I, I don't see any reason why he would turn that down. If they see, if they, they've already seen the law of diminishing returns from the previous X-Men film, Days of Future Past earned considerably more than Apocalypse. So, you know, it worked for Sony, which saw diminishing returns with the Amazing Spider-Man series. So if they see that uh, as far as Spider-Man being an integral part of the Infinity War series and obviously shooting off into movies of his own and, you know, there's now a lot with Spider-Man Homecoming, there's now a lot of hype because of his appearance in Civil War. Um, That same type of scenario could happen for the X-Men if they see their way clear and allow Marvel to go ahead and utilize a lot more of their characters. Right, and you know, Fox has already done a pretty good job of destroying the X Men franchise. So, it, 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 it could be beneficial to both parties because Marvel could essentially launch a whole another X Men universe that they could team up with Fox with. So, it, you know, I wouldn't say it's it's not a possibility. I know that they're going to be busy with what with adding, you know, the Defenders in there, like the. It, the, the Infinity Wars is it's it's a busy comic book. There's a lot of heroes in it, but um, you know, so is so is Civil War. So really, you can't really make any predictions, but it, it definitely be exciting to see. Uh, definitely, indeed, um, it, it will be something that definitely looking forward to when uh, starting with when Logan comes out. You know, the, obviously he does the interview tour and whatnot, and and Hugh Jackman uh, will probably may even allude to that on more than one occasion when uh, Logan gets ready to be released in early 2017. If you haven't checked out the trailer, it's really good. I highly recommend it. Either the regular North American trailer or the NSFW trailer, international trailer, if you can find it somewhere, internet, YouTube, what have you. But it is something you definitely want to check out. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. What's up, guys? It's Rob McCallum, host of The Trenches. If you don't know what that is, well, I'm going to tell you. Every now and then I call up friends, colleagues, and sometimes people I don't even know and chat with them for an hour or so. It's all unscripted, unedited, and unpredictable. Why should you care? Well, if you're a creative person like me, you'll get to hear unbelievable and incredible stories because the one through line that connects all my guests 
is that they make their living doing something creative in the trenches. Get it? So from filmmakers to animators to action figure sculptors and authors, we talk with a lot of folks, and no one has the same story. So check out The Trenches here on the Pop Culture Cosmos or on iTunes. Hey, Uncle Rob. Listen, I'm going to be in Ontario the first few weeks of November, and I'm starting another documentary. I'm actually going to see if I can track down my mom. Oh, good luck on that one. This is my mom, Terry Lee Parker. And this is the last image we have of her. Because on the night of October 27th, 1990, she vanished. And no one has seen her since. Being a mother, the worst thing always goes through your mind first. You know, I've even Googled her name, and the only Carrie Lee Parker that ever come up on a hit was for some girl out in B.C. I never believed the words she said. She could tell me anything, I wouldn't believe it. So basically, the less we saw of her, the better it was. Would I chase her? No, I would not chase her. If I don't find anything, then I don't find anything, but at least I know I tried to do it. You don't know the whole story. I, I have no idea why she just up and ran. A lot of kids who don't know their biological parents really feel they need to find out where they came from. I always wish I knew what happened to her because she, she was important to me. I really don't think she wants to be found. People can't have their names changed for a simple fee. It was almost like she had taken on this other identity. This isn't going to be figured out in a month. It might not be figured out in a year. She was a con artist. She could be living in Ontario. She could be living out west. She could be in jail. Somebody has to know where she is and what happened to her. Searching for the truth can be scary. You might not like what you find. Thinking about it now, like, yeah, it hurts. As more time passes, you know, you just have to think, maybe she isn't with us anymore. If you find her and you have an opportunity to say something, what's the first thing going to come out of your mouth? Hi, Lee. I think you're my mom. For more information on Missing Mom, check out robmccallumfilms.com today. If you grew up in the 70s and 80s, it's my firm belief that you saw an illustrative revolution. Movie posters and album covers in particular took on an entirely new role, breathed life, and elevated the mediums they represented. The covers became an extension of the material. It was impossible to walk past the local cineplex and not stop to gaze at the fresh new movie posters under glass, advertising an unbelievable adventure or a surreal world ripped from any child's imagination. I would often race to the local record store and thumb through various vinyl offerings, often in genres I didn't even listen to, just to expose my brain to art and that potential intersection of that art and the music that the record contained. Likewise, video games and video game covers had explosive, memorable, to quote a famous poet, mind-bending, brain-pipe-splitting imagery. In those covers, there was a sense of life and living beyond what any of the pixels could deliver, and a host of illustrators churned out unending, amazing pieces that fed our minds for what seemed like an eternity. My guest today is one of those illustrators, Roger Loveless, who has crafted more than 30 memorable video game covers, as well as movie posters and toy packaging. Today's episode is a bit unique as well because I've ripped the uncut audio from an interview from one of my documentary series, Box Art. Box art began in late 2015 when friends of mine, Doug and Nicole, who own Retro City Games, a retro gaming store in Las Vegas, came into possession of a bunch of internal development art. 
While we scanned the material trying to understand it, it quickly dawned on me that not many people know the illustrator is responsible for their favorite gaming covers, me included. How is it that the world's biggest entertainment industry has a section of history that's never been shared? From that point on, it was my mission to discover these artists, hear their stories, and learn about the roller coaster ride of creating the most iconic cover art of all time. So tell me everything. So, <laughs> well, there he was. <laughs> you know, it, it's actually funny. Um, people will ask me, they'll say, how did, how did you get in this industry? It's just so much fun. I says, well, it started off kind of as a novelty thing um, in kindergarten. When I was five years old, um, you know, they, they have you do the art part and put on your dad's shirt backwards. And, and uh, so they, uh, they said, let's do your house that you live in. And so I started doing that and painted, you know, as best I could, you know, the tree and the, the house and the sky. So I looked at the other kids, what they were doing. And I looked and I said, why, why are they painting a blue stripe on the top of the picture? And, and everybody was doing this. And I thought, that's not how the sky is. So I, you know, I, paint it down, and everybody started kind of looking at my stuff and saying, wow, his looks different. So, so right off the bat, not that it was a masterpiece, but I knew that somehow I saw things differently and than the standard accountant would. For more of Rob McCallum's interview with illustrator Roger Loveless on the latest episode of The Trenches, check out the Rob McCallum Films YouTube channel today. It's time once again to find out what are the hot new releases in video games this week. It's time again for another fight as Dragon Ball's Universe 2 comes home to the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Get your mech together as the first person shooter Titanfall 2 with an all new added single player campaign to go along with the critically acclaimed multiplayer. It will land on the PC, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. And one of the best games of 2011 gets a loving remaster as the Elder Scrolls Skyrim breathes fire into the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4. For all the latest info, check out the number one place to go for everything video games, GameSource on Facebook and at GameSource on Twitter. So uh, I think that's going to do it for us this time on the show today. Again, we are available Monday nights on the Podcast Radio Network, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Also want to give us a check out on the Tangent Bound Network, Google Play. Of course, subscribe to us on iTunes. If you really, really like iTunes, you know, where we come up, boom, right there for you. Podcast.com, that's also a place where you can check us out. Our, our home site, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And Stitcher, we're also available. We've got an RSS feed that, boom, the latest podcast of Pop Culture Cosmos goes right there. So for me, Gerald Glassford, and my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson, any last thoughts, sir? No, uh, definitely thanks, guys, for tuning in. It's, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. I hope that uh, we can deliver some more successful podcasts to you. And don't forget to check out Congratulations, You Suck when it hits stores either December or January. It, it, it'll be out eventually, I promise. And as it gets uh, towards there, we'll give you more information on exact date and exactly where and how to order it because it is definitely a book you won't want to miss. So for Josh Peterson, again, 
This is Gerald Glassford. Once again, we thank you for watching. We thank you for listening. It's another beautiful evening in paradise. And here's hoping you have yourselves a great day.